1: What's going on Steelers Nation Radio? High noon on a Wednesday afternoon. That can only mean one thing. It's time to go inside the electric factory for the next 120 minutes here on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler. It's Steelers Blitz on SNR. Between the two of us, we have got a decade of NFL experience and a good head of hair. It is up to you to figure out the rest what you should know by now. You want to chime in anytime over the next two hours. You can find us on Twitter at Wesley Euler at the 52. The Body. What up, Mozie
2: man living the good life man we got big time players getting awards today man from a national standpoint love recognition baby especially when it's in pittsburgh
1: tj watt hey now afc defensive player of the week after
2: you love to see it
1: two and a half sacks four tackles total i think he had two extra tackles for Mm loss yeah absolutely uh you love to see that tj watt afc player of the week um, and you know what? Let's stick right there, Arthur mm-hmm. Motz. Let's start with the linebackers today. Um, we got plenty we're going to get to on the show today. We're going to hear from Ben Rothisberger It is a Ben's Day Wednesday. Oh, um, now I like
2: that. That's new. It's a Best of the West That's Wednesday. New. so obviously That's not new, but I like we'll get, it, though. We'll give you our NFL power
1: <laughs> rankings as well. Um, but one of the things that I did want to talk to uh, talk to you about today, Motzi, and, and we're talking about TJ Watt there, it segues well. Linebacker evaluations to this point. Um I want to know what you think obviously because that's the position you played in the NFL for a decade both interior and on the edge. Uh To this point I am glowing reviews super optimistic, super excited. Can't wait to see him for the next 14 games about the Steelers edge guys. I mean Watt and Bud Dupree, I'm real I'm worried Mozi. I mean they they might kill a quarterback before the season's over. <laughs> The interior guys, Devin Bush and Vince Williams, though, I feel like have left a little to be desired. A- grain of salt, it's only been two games, but I-, I feel like it's been A-plus performances from the guys on the edge.
2: It's been yeah, maybe B-minus from the interior guys. Uh, yeah, I think that's fair enough to say, man, from an assessment standpoint. I think more so because of the expectations hmm. when we're talking about our interior guys. Um, If we were just talking about interior guys from a run – you know, a, a run defense standpoint, I think that they've been really, really good. Um, In the pass standpoint, they haven't generated the same type of pressure that we would want to see. But on the outside, I think it's because of how much but those guys are kicking, man. When you look at Bud and TJ, they are winning fast and they're winning consistently. And I think that's ultimately what's holding back the interior guys in terms of getting some of those numbers. But the outside guys got to eat, baby. They got to eat. And I'm never against my outside guys getting home, man. But just in both of these games so far, we've seen TJ and Bud make critical plays yeah. at, at very important times that have resulted in points being taken off the board, whether it was uh, a touchdown that could have been had that doesn't get had or whether you're making them kick a field goal or in the, the Giants situation where they forced a turnover down there because of the play of a, of those outside linebackers. So ultimately, man, I think that they've just done a good job of starting fast, taking advantage of these matchups that they've gotten thus far.
1: Yeah, that's a good call. And and speaking of matchups too, I think it's been favorable, right? And again, grain of salt, two games. You gotta get into this minutia. It's been favorable matchups for the Steelers edge guys through the first two games of the season. Where it's been it's been tough sledding to start, maybe, for Bush and, and Vince in the sense of Man, Evan Ingram, Noah Fant. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not too many. I mean, maybe you know Kelsey and Kittle, but in terms of you just. Yeah, Saquon
2: Barkley and, yeah. and Evan Ingram week one, you have Melvin Gordon and Noah, and Fant, Noah Fant week Fant two. Week two. <laughs> uh,
1: I mean, in, in in terms of just pure athletic tight ends, those are going to be two of the tougher matchups that they'll see all season. So maybe, you know, if I want to look at this glass at full, Mozi, they were able to survive, you know, two of the tougher matchups in the first two weeks while they're still trying to get their feet underneath them. And it'll be, what would it be, all uphill from here, all downhill
2: from here? It'll be much better from here. I mean, if we're seeking comfort, that does (laughs) sound good. But let's be real, they still got to face Philly. You know what Mm. what that tight end is in Philly. Zach Hurts. Cleveland. You know what they got Mm. over there in Cleveland in terms of two tight ends. Joku, yep. Baltimore twice. We know what they got in Baltimore as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so for me, and even if you throw the Colts in there with with, uh, Jack Doyle, so – I'm not necessarily going to be easier for them, but I think this is what we, I don't want to say it was what we expected, but this is, um, we understood that going into the season, it was going to be a lot of pressure on both Devin and Vince in terms of their, New role for Devin, being the the cover guy predominantly, not being protected by Mark Barron last year. Mm-hmm. And then for Vince, just getting back into that playing more expanded role where he's not just utilized as a blitzer solely. He has to play in coverage a little bit as well. I think – Those are some of the growing pains they're going through right now just because it's going to be tough until they both get up to game speed in that regard and and playing at 100% on that level. But it's not just the interior guys that are struggling with these things. We could point to anybody in the secondary between Joe, Steven, uh, Minka, and and Terrell. All of those guys have had their issues at different times, but it's all related to the lack of preseason, man. It it takes time for the guys to get back gelling, and everybody's going through it. So it's not, like I said, it's not just – single it's not just exclusive to pittsburgh this is something that every team has to deal with but ultimately the thing that i'm most impressed with when i'm watching Devin and when i'm watching uh vince ultimately man for the majority of the time their communication has been spot on for the majority yeah. of the time they've been very decisive in terms of who they're taking and who they're not taking and things along that nature they get in trouble when they hesitate the the melvin gordon touchdown pass Vince hesitated. He had that exact same play earlier in the game. He takes him right now runs with him right now. He There is no indecision about it. And he's able to, to ultimately uh, keep uh, – and I think, yeah, Locke was in at the time. It keeps yes. Locke from even looking over there to make that throw because he was on him right now. Right. Whereas later in the game, Vince is hesitating and he's kind of thinking to himself, all right, is he really going to go vertical right here? And obviously Melvin Gordon is faster than Vince, so he gets the step on him. From there, easy throw and catch by, by uh, Jeff Driscoll. Sure. Stuff like that is where you see some of the issues with Devin Bush. When he's physical in terms of being five yards and in, getting hands on the receivers and the tight ends, he's look good regardless of who he's been matched up with, week one and week two. In week two, though, the, the Noah Fant two-point conversion and some of the other stuff, he wasn't being as physical. He wasn't getting hands on these guys consistently. Hmm. And when you allow these guys, these, these bigger athlete guys, like a Noah Fant to, to, to be able to, to, right, to be able to just run free. Underneath across your face, well, now you're putting yourself in a bind. You're making yourself have to work so much harder, hmm. and you have to be so much more perfect because you didn't disrupt him on his release coming across the field. Interesting. So it's little details like that. Where and it's not like they don't know how to do it because I could point to seven or eight instances in the game where they did it successfully. Where they did it yeah. perfectly. I mean, whether it was a uh, whether it was KJ Hamler coming across the middle, whether it was like I said, no offense, dragging across, like he was making sure he got hands on him. But every once in a while, he's been showing a little bit of lapses. Nothing crazy. It's not alarming. It's just the repetition of it. You don't – you 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 missed – Coach Tom talked about how many snaps they missed this all snaps. season. Like, yeah. that's where you're able to build that muscle repetition so it's second nature. So you're not having to think about it. It just happens naturally. Once he gets that going, man, in the next couple of weeks, man, I think both of those dudes would be fine. And, and, and Vince, like I said, Vince has been doing really good when he's decisive. And from a coverage standpoint, when he's decisive, he's doing good. When he's kind of hesitating, when he's thinking about it, if it's right or not, that's where he has some issues. Yeah.
1: And I will say this, too. I think it's a good sign that this is the one thing that we're kind of still monitoring on the defense, right? Absolutely. Like, I think it says a lot that really the only concern we have to this point is the, the, the play in coverage of the interior linebackers. A lot of teams in the NFL – have that concern at this point, particularly early on in the season, says a lot about – because, again, it's not like these guys have been dreadful. It's not like these guys have been getting burnt like toast every single quarter. I think a lot of people have talked about Devin Bush and Vince Williams the last two days in their their coverage game, if you will. But I also think part of that is because what else can you point to that the defense hasn't just completely excelled at so far? You know what I mean? And like
2: we said, it hasn't just been Devin and Vince. Everyone in that secondary mm-hmm. has had a, a, a gaffe, a, a miscommunication, a hesitation. We talked about Joe Hayden last week in terms of just a little indecisiveness with him and uh, Stephen Nelson. Each of those guys in the secondary, man, have had those type of situations. And I'm sure if we really dove into it, we could look in the front four and and I'm sure they've had some mess-ups as well. It's just not as glaring when yes. you're in the front, you know, when you're in the D-line because you have so many layers of people behind you. Whereas if a guy in the secondary has a, a bad play, it stands out like a sore thumb because there's nobody else around you, and it typically results in an even bigger play because of that.
1: Whew, Arthur Motes laying it down here early on a Wednesday. Uh, no, it is. It's it, it's It's – I think it's something to keep an eye on but it's you know if we do you know we have the patented the Euler emotes the Steelers blitz you know mm-hmm. the CCWP scale the calm concerned worried panicked I'm still very I mean I'm still I'm still very calm I'm not even close to concerned I'm still very calm um and I I think we'll get a great performance out of those guys against the Texans on Sunday. Speaking of those Houston Texans, we'll start to turn the page today uh, without a doubt here on the program. Keep those tweets rolling in. We'll hear from a little bit from Ben Roethlisberger as well, too. So a bunch to bring you here in the next, uh, what, hour and 45 minutes or so. So don't go anywhere. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, you are listening to Steelers Blitz on SNR.
0: This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR.
1: Big, uh, Big day today, big anniversary today, Arthur Motes.
2: It's not my wedding anniversary. I know that.
1: Well, I hope you'd know that. As
2: long as it ain't that. Hope you wouldn't forget that. (laughs) Well, I see you you throwing this big day, big anniversary. Made me nervous for a second. I'm like, wait a minute now, baby. (laughs) (laughs) It ain't that day. I know that day. 40 years
1: ago today, Arthur Motes, Mm -hmm. Bob Marley played his last concert mm, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. The last time Bob Marley ever took the stage was at Stanley Theater. September 23rd, 1980 in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. That is now the Benedum for those. Oh, I was
2: over here like, man, I don't know where that is. It's the Benedum.
1: <laughs> that's the Benedum. All right, Motsi? But that's always something that all right, all right. I think is a... Understated, under discussed piece of Pittsburgh history. Mm-hmm. I
2: mean, in terms of global music icons, Bob Marley's one of the biggest of all time. Oh man, legendary man. He was my initial introduction to reggae music and the whole just uh, Jamaican culture. Yeah. I mean, that's that's Bob Marley. He's one of the biggest music is timeless. Yeah,
1: his music is timeless. He's one of the most embraced, I think, musicians of all time. Everybody loves Bob Marley. Like I said, one of the most global icons ever in the music world played his last show Dan Tan at the Stanley Theater 40 years ago today at 7th Street Pittsburgh Pennsylvania Arthur Motz Wesley Euler with you here on the Steelers but you know we got to work in a little a little music appreciation whenever gotta we can do that. We'll play some more Bob uh, songs coming back from break as we go forward here uh, Motz we're going to hear from Ben Roethlisberger shortly um but a tweet here that I thought was time apparent to the conversation we just had to open the show uh, about Devin and Vince and, and coverage at the interior linebackers. Uh, Jab asks here on Twitter, and I think this is a good point that some of the you know some of the concern of the fan base through the first two weeks with with Bush and, and Vince and coverage. Jab wants to know, in your opinion, do you think any of that has to do? Like, going hand-in-hand hand with the amount of blitzing that we do also requires Devin and Vince to
2: do more. Like, they don't get as much help. Um, I mean, in theory, yes, you can say the blitzing does make them have to cover more. It does put them out there and expose them a little more. But uh, after playing in this defense for multiple years, the blitzing or not— they're still going to be asked to do what they're being asked to do in covers. The stuff they're getting beat on, it's not as if it was cover one and they're out there on an island. This is cover four, cover six, but because in Pittsburgh, they play it as a matchup zone compared to a traditional zone, and the difference is this, when you're playing a traditional zone, right, if it's cover four or cover six, the inside linebackers, they don't have any vertical carry. They will relate to the second receiver or the third receiver, which is typically your slot receiver or your tight end or sometimes tight end and running back. But you don't have to worry about chasing them all over. You just want to have your depth at about 10 yards deep from the line of scrimmage, and then depending on where your line, your landmark is, somewhere between the hash and the numbers, and you just read the quarterback's eyes. That's how people play it in a traditional cover four, cover six cents. Hmm. In Pittsburgh, we play it as a matchup zone. So even though it's zone on paper, It's only zone in theory, the first two seconds of the call.
1: Interesting. Once we
2: decide who the final number two is and the final number three, meaning once the ball is snapped and they start to run their routes within the first couple of yards, they define who they are. Right. So once we see, okay, this is number two, that's number three, in Pittsburgh, you go and get those guys now and treat it like it's man-to-man coverage because that helps out the blitz or it helps out the rush. So- if you're sitting back in a soft zone or in a traditional zone, a lot of underneath stuff is there. So even Mm -hmm. if you have a great rush, your guy is wide open because you're not pressed up on him. You're playing it from a softer, more depth-down standpoint, whereas in Pittsburgh, because the matchup zone, they're going to get those guys right now. And because they play it like that, it doesn't really matter if it's a blitz or if it's just regular four guys rushing everybody in coverage. Because they play it all the same way, they're going to already have natural – Stressors in that defense. Hmm. But that's why it's all about being decisive. If you know, okay, me and Devin are working together on the tight end and the running back, which they do a lot, Yes, especially when the running back is offset to the tight end side. All right, so from there, it's like, Devin, if you know that you're going to be the widest of two and three, and I'm Vince, I know I got the inside of two and three, well, let's align that way ahead of time, which they have been doing. When they do that, it makes it a lot easier for them because if I know, okay, these two guys are, are are the guys we're working off of, and I know based on the coverage call, I know I got a safety outside high. Right. Well, now I'm going to have more of an inside leverage because that safety is outside. But now, if it's vice versa, say it's cover one, the safety's inside. Well, now I can't rely on the inside. I can't have an inside body position. Sure. I got to be more outside shade because I don't have any help outside. My hope is where inside, inside. where the safety yep. is. So it's things like that that they you have to be completely you have to be sharp on every time, mm. and when you're not. You can have mess up. You can get it right 99 straight times, but the one time you mess it
1: up, it's it's very noticeable. And
2: and that's what defense is. I mean, on offense, we're not as critical if Juju ran a wrong route. We wouldn't even know unless we really broke it down. Unless you're watching the all 22 film and whereas on defense, if a guy's technique is wrong or if a guy blows an assignment, it's a touchdown. If Joe Hayden's a half step behind, you
1: saw it against the Giants,
2: It's it's a touchdown. It's different. Joe, Joe had the exact Joe played it. He knew his assignment, he even communicated. Three seconds of staring back at the quarterback while running instead of having his head looking at the goalpost while running is the difference between him watching him catch the ball and him being there to either uh, separate him from the ball or make the play on the ball. It's just so much more that you have to detail from a defensive standpoint. And if you're lacking on just a play for a half second, yeah, it it shows up in a big way. And then we have to answer, you know, not just me, but like the players, they have to answer these questions in terms of what's wrong with the defense or what's going on here. Nothing major, nothing personnel-related, nothing ability-related as it stands today. It's more so just continuing to detail your work, continuing, to, in the words of Coach Tomlin, operate in that minutiae, man. Get all of that out of there. You have to understand the call. You have to understand where your help is. You have to understand where your leverage is and your alignment every single time. Every single time. You do it 100% of the time, you're good. But, like you said, man, if you, you mess have up once, one, people are going to be talking man, about it on Monday morning. That's all it takes, man.
1: Yeah. No, that, that's a great call by you, and it, it is certainly. Uh, we talk about that a lot with cornerbacks, like how, you know, all it takes is one missed assignment and the dude's running
2: past you. and it's you literally you, pass or fell every time. Uh, with yeah, that, exa- exactly. It is. Yeah, <laughs> there, there's no
1: fail. B minus. You right. know what I mean? There, there's no oh, C Oh, Joe, plus. you did
2: great. It was a touchdown. It's a fail. It's a yeah. bad. Yeah, it's a minus.
1: Yeah. No, that, that's 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 a great point by you. I mean, look at Professor Motes. It's not even a Monday or Friday. Oh, uh, man. Come on, he's baby. He's still handing out free lessons, You, you, you baby. think I
2: was going to pass up an opportunity to talk about my LBs, to talk <laughs> a little defense? I, listen, I'm... You, hey. You better check. That might have been my Twitter burner account right there that popped up that question, all right? You know I'm going to find – it's two things you know with me. I'm going to find a way to talk defense, and I'm going to throw some bills in there as well. Shout out to Josh Allen.
1: All right, but other than that, we're good. We'll, uh, we'll talk some bills when we do our best of the West rankings in the second hour, I'm sure. They are moving up my list without a doubt. Um. We, Oklahoma Zone just tweeted us here and said uh I know that this is Steelers Nation Radio but I got to know your feelings and views on the Tyrod Taylor situation. We will get to that eventually, Oklahoma Zone, because we're going to need a few more minutes. And on, that's my guy, guy. On on that. Yeah, because that's that, Motsy's boy. town
2: right there, man. Um,
1: so we will we will discuss Tyrod Taylor before we get out of here for sure, but before we do that, there's a different quarterback that we got to hear from, of course. I'm talking about Ben Roethlisberger. You know, Mozi, you and I have done that we've done the Okay, a lot of the positives and some of the things that we're still concerned or keeping an eye on as the season has played out through two weeks here. One thing we agreed on uh, on Monday was that, man, Ben Roethlisberger's elbow strength – that is one of the concerns that seems like it's gone by the wayside. You see that throw to Chase Claypool, a what, 83, 84-yard touchdown pass Were 56, I think, of those yards were air yards. Yeah, feeling good about that elbow. I'm sure feeling good about uh, that young and talented wide receiver core as well. Here's what Ben Roethlisberger had to say just a few moments ago. Wondering... As you evaluated yourself, you were critical of your
3: play or some of the aspects of your play on Sunday, just what you saw on tape. Yeah, going back and reviewing, um, I felt from week one to week two, my pocket presence and awareness was, was better. Um, I do feel that I got a little lazy with my feet, um, which then in turn translated to a lazy arm. Um, and so there were some, some throws that I kind of dropped my, my elbow, if you will, I don't get too technical, but, you know, became more of a three-quarter release instead of an over-the-top when I didn't need to. There's obviously times you have to change your release point. Uh, There were too many throws that I felt, uh, looking back, that I I just got to get my feet working um, better, and that'll then translate, hopefully, to the rest of the body, and uh, then I won't be guiding some of the throws. Um, You know, that's, to me, the biggest thing, is I'm going to work on today, even though it's an off day. I'm going to really work my feet and and kind of – um, starting it there with with translating the rest of my body. Joe Rudder. And is, is Vance
1: also
0: one of those guys you want to get more involved in? And why haven't the targets been there for him so far?
3: Yeah, I mean, both tight ends. Um, you know, I think people are keeping a close eye on. And uh, like I said, we just haven't really hit our stride offensively yet, where we've, we've done a ton of no huddle. I think they get involved a lot in the no huddle stuff. Um, and, and so we haven't done a ton of that yet. I also think there's been some plays that have been called for those guys that have just been covered, and so um, none of us are panicked. We know how special both our tight ends are, um, you know, and they they make the big plays when we need them. I thought, you know, going back to Ebron, I thought he made a big play down the middle of the field. Uh, he ended up being a kind of came back to him and, and went one up one up high and made a great catch. So guys, they're gonna they're gonna get their they're gonna get their balls and their touchdowns. I'm sure. Mike Pursuta.
0: And you talked about. Uh trust after the game uh, Sunday as well, you know, trusting yourself,
3: trusting your guys. I, I wonder how do you work on that uh, other than just telling yourself to do it? You know, I've, I've been doing this a long time, Mike, and I think that that's going to be the biggest thing is I just have to tell myself to do it. Um, and and I want to reemphasize that it's nothing that, that the guys are doing wrong. It's just me trusting my arm, trusting the throw, trusting that I can make it um, because they're in the right spots. And so I'm thankful for them that they're there. I talked to Deontay this morning about it, um, that, you know, tomorrow when we both practice, um, we need to, you know, I need to keep working. I need to, I was making sure that he was practicing tomorrow. It's going to be full speed and everything like that, because we just got to keep working. And really, it boils down to me needing to be better and trusting myself, which then translates into trusting everyone else. Aditi, go ahead. Ben, when you talk about trusting yourself, how much of that, I mean, how much of that plays into the injury to being hurt? How much of that is just the layoff and how much did you actually retool? You know, I don't, I don't, to be perfectly honest, I don't know that I've ever heard you talk about your footwork in so specifically in eight years. Well, I've gotten away um, with it in the past, being able to not necessarily be perfect from the ground up and just letting my arm kind of make up for a lot of things um a lot of imperfections uh, when if you talk to kind of quarterback people um and and whether it's the layoff whether it's um the surgery like I guess I feel great so I just need to get it in my mind that I can still make the throws when I'm not in perfect position to make them um and maybe some of that comes with just you know not playing a lot of football I mean I've played two games this year I played a game and a half last year so really it's about three and a half games in two years if you think about it so um you know, it'll, it'll come. Uh, like I said, if, if we're having these, if I'm having these issues and we're still winning football games, then that's a, that's a plus. Ray Fittopoldo.
0: Ben, you've talked about wanting to come back to play with this defense. I'm wondering, in your mind, what is the perfect offense to complement this defense, and how do you guys work towards that over the coming weeks and coming months, months ahead?
3: Well, we always talk about being there for each other. Um, the defense was there for us this week when we needed them to be. And it probably will be the last time. You know, there's going to be weeks when offensively we struggle, whether that's because we're just not playing well or because the defense is stopping us. And we're going to need our defense to step up and make plays for us. And there's going to be weeks where um, the defense may be struggling, maybe because they're playing a really good offense or whatever it is, and the offense has to step up. That's what makes teams special is they, they step up for each other. They complement each other. And so, when you've got a defense like ours, it, you know, you, you, do, the biggest thing is that turning the ball over is a killer, right? You, you, you punting isn't a bad thing when you got a defense like this. Um, the other blade of that sword is that you can kind of get a little more creative, and you can, you know, take some more chances because if you do turn it over, you trust them to stop them. And so, they've done that well for us last week, especially when we turned it over, they, uh, they made stops, and so it just allows you to to trust them more.
0: Dale Lawley. Ben, we're we're talking about the tight ends and we're talking about the, you know, some of the receivers here. Um, Everybody wants you to also run the ball more. Uh, There's only so many plays in the game. Uh, How how as a quarterback do you kind of, you know, measure this all out to make sure everybody's, uh, all the mouths are getting fed?
3: You look at the win-loss column, truthfully. uh, I know that's probably not the answer you're looking for, but at the end of the day, It doesn't matter who's getting the ball. It doesn't matter how many times we're running or throwing it. It doesn't matter who's getting their stats. It's just a matter of if the team is getting that one stat that's most important, and that's a win. Will Graves?
0: Ben, it's, you know, sort of ironic. You mentioned only three games in the last two
1: years, but on Sunday it'll be your 221st, which Birchie's notes tell me are the most in franchise history moving past Mike Webster. I'm just sort of curious – I know you're a team guy, but
3: what do you attribute that longevity to? And, you know, considering the the physical beating that you took, especially earlier in your career, did you ever think you'd be playing this long? Um, I attribute it to Jesus <laughs> and really just being blessed. Um, I, I am so thankful to be um, in the black and gold and 17 years later. I mean, almost half my life, I've been here giving um, Steeler fans everything I have. And I, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. I wouldn't want to do it for any other team or any other fans. Uh, I've been blessed to be around a lot of great football players and, and talent and teammates. And, you know, I, I did take a lot of beating early on. Uh, a lot of that was my fault. But um, God made me a bigger man than, than most quarterbacks. So I think I could take it. And uh, I'm just enjoying playing this game. Brooke Pryor.
1: Ben, when you look at Chase Claypool in terms of his development and where he is as a receiver just two games into his NFL career, is he where you would expect a rookie to be or is he even more advanced maybe than you would expect to see a guy who also didn't have a preseason and didn't have the normal offseason that, that a rookie would get?
3: Yeah, you know, I, I think he's doing really well, um, really well considering, like you say, he's a rookie with no preseason. Um, we got to see early on though, that he was going to have that success or we believed he was because, um, even in the OTAs and mini camps and when we were throwing, um, at Robert Morris in the off season, you could just see that, that he was a guy that, that already knew what he was doing and already had an understanding of the offense. Um, I've said it numerous times, he'll make a mistake, but it, it won't be more than, you know, he won't do it two times. And so, um, you know, we're just really happy with his progress and hope that he keeps growing. Time for two quick more. Alan Saunders. Hey, Ben, only two games, but you're 58% pass. Two years ago, you were 66%. Did you think this was going to be a more balanced team this year, or is that just sort of the way things have played out with you guys being ahead late a little bit? Yeah, I think it's just the way that the games have played out. We don't go into any game saying, okay, here's our percentage of run pass. We go into a game trying to win it. And um, I've just been happy at the end of games we've been able to, utilize the four-minute offense both games um, I think that's something that we take pride in because when we say we have to run the ball it doesn't mean we have to run it more we have to run it more effectively and running it in the four four-minute offense is effective running last one Jenna Horner, go ahead
1: and for you guys as an offense as a whole this week what's the biggest area of focus against the Texans
3: well it's not going to be easy I think for them uh, it starts up front with their pass rush um, you know with, with Watt and everyone else and they get after the quarterback and they don't have to blitz a lot. They can do it with four guys because they're really special. And then um, with that pass rush creates you, uh, creates issues that you have to try and uh, find windows that they've got some ball hawking um, secondary guys. And so this defense is really, really good. I mean, they played two really good offenses, uh, arguably the two best offenses in the in the league. And so uh, we're really going to have our, our hands full this week and, and we're going to have to just try and be as successful as we can.
1: Ben Roethlisberger, just uh, a few hours ago, a few moments ago, this morning on Wednesday, 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 speaking to the media a lot there about um, his performance and trusting himself and his elbow and, and everything as he gets back up to speed, and, uh, and talking about the Texans as well, too, how they're a defense that is going to be prepared since they have seen already, like Ben said, arguably the two best offenses in the National Football League. We'll discuss some of that on the other side when we return. Arthur Moats, Wesley Euler. You're listening to Steelers Blitz on SNR.
0: This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR.
1: Not too many worries in Steelers land when you're 2-0. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler with you here. It's the Steelers Blitz on a Wednesday, having some fun, uh, wrapping up our final thoughts on the Broncos game, starting to turn the page towards the Houston Texans, and honoring the uh, 40th anniversary of Bob Marley's last-ever concert, which was played right here downtown, Arthur Motes. Gotta love it. In Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh... Three little birds there by Bob Marley. By my doorstep. Don't worry about a thing. Mm-hmm.
2: Every little thing's gonna be all right. Anytime I hear that song, I think I am legend. Just throwing it out there. Do you? I do. Oh, that's a good one. So he, he, he playing that thing all the time in that movie. I'm like, yep, that's my jam.
1: That song always makes me think of senior year of high school. Mm. Um, that was the song that like our. Yeah, I graduated from Mars High School here in in, in right, Western right. Pennsylvania in 2009. And that was like our senior class song for sports victories, if that makes Mm. sense. So like if you were at a Mars football game or a Mars basketball game, hockey, soccer, volleyball, you know, whatever it might be. If Mars won, you'd catch all the seniors playing three little birds singing and celebrating by by Bob Marley uh, after the game. So that's what it always makes me think of. Uh, A lot of nostalgia with Bob Marley songs, I think, for everybody. But I ask you. I mean, it is Bob Marley. I mean, can you go? You can't really go wrong with Bob Marley no, music. Absolutely not. And he's he's one of those guys too that I mean, you know, just the what my what speaks to me for guys. That meant so much to the music world is how often their songs are covered by others. Mm. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. Like, like how often Bob Marley's songs are done by somebody else. How often Jimi Hendrix's songs are done by somebody else. How often Bob Dylan's songs are done by somebody you mm. know what I mean? Like that's how you know you you really left a lasting impact. Certainly something that Bob Marley did. So
2: are you saying you bought the remix a whole lot of money? <laughs> All right, I was just checking.
1: Or just what's checking. the uh what's the what's the Lev Bell song? oh uh, uh, Wednesday. Every day's a Wednesday. I, I Every j- day's
2: a Wednesday. I, I'm just I'm just checking for clarification. That's it.
1: Yeah, those guys, I mean, you know, we'll find them in Cleveland at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame one day. <laughs> or maybe playing for the Browns at the Factory of Sadness. <sighs> um wrapping up the final hour of the show here. Make sure you get those tweets at Wesley Euler at the Body Fifty Two. The Body. We will answer them in hour number two. But sticking on the theme of "Don't worry about a thing," Arthur Motes, If you had to worry about the Houston Texans, and I'm I'm not going to let you take the low hanging fruit here, okay? Mm-hmm. One thing other than Deshaun Watson okay. that you think is a uh, a concern, uh, an area, uh, either uh, you know a, a position unit, a specific player, um, an area of the Texans that could be a it could be a concern for the Steelers on Sunday?
2: Uh, Brandon Cook. Brandon Cooks, man, what he was able to do in the first two games, especially against Baltimore. He has a natural ability and a natural rapport with Deshaun Watson in terms of running his deep over routes. He hit it twice against Baltimore. Should have had it two more times. Deshaun just didn't have time on it. But that right there, man, has been their biggest saving grace because they obviously are feeling the loss of no DeAndre Hopkins. With, with Hopkins, man, in terms of some of the the routes that they were running, you can even see when they're trying to do some of that stuff with uh, Fuller or with uh, Cooks and Kenny Stills, they just aren't the same caliber of athlete yep. as Hopkins. But what they have been doing, like I said, to compensate for that has been running these. It's almost like a some people call it like a race route or whatever, but literally you're lined up on one side of the field. And literally, you're just sprinting across the field above the linebacker's depth, so that way you're having to make the safeties, you know, communicate and things like that, and you're ultimately running away from the leverage of the corner. The only reason why that scares me is because it's going to make our secondary have to communicate, and we talked Hmm. about how in these first two games, communication hasn't been the best across the board in that secondary, when you're doing – when they're running those type of routes, depending on the coverage, you could have Joe having to communicate with Minka, Minka having to communicate with Steven, or depending on where his depth is, if he does cross in front of the linebacker, well, now you're adding a whole another person there from the communication standpoint. So from an offensive standpoint, that's the thing that concerns me the most, yeah. not including Deshaun Watson. Yeah, what I think say that's, you, though? That's fair. Um.
3: Hmm.
1: Yeah, uh, I think I'm with you. It's to me, in general, and you and I have talked about this through these first two weeks. It's been harder to evaluate teams. Oh yeah, than, than you, you know. I mean it's always tough the first couple weeks in the NFL. It's even more tough when you really didn't see anything during training camp and when you had no preseason to go off of. But yeah, I, I think that a lot of Steelers fans will probably think, okay, Deshaun Watson's uh, great But Hopkins is gone It's not like they have A ton of weapons You know If we can get oh, yeah, we we'll just blow them out Contain Deshaun yeah. Watson We'll be good But they've got They've got some talent On that offense well, They really do And and they don't have The Andre Hopkins mm-hmm. But but they can They can they still
2: have, It's a good they can Receiving They cut court. you up Yes They, they have Like this is the thing Watching them Against the Ravens They have pieces And honestly It's three Critical issues well, They had three Bad plays That really made the game Look like how it did hmm. They had the uh, it, it was fourth and one backed up in their own, they were like high 25, yep. 30 yard uh, going, uh, of their own end zone. They go for it on fourth and one, don't get it. Baltimore scores. Then they have the uh, the, the the um, pick to Marcus Peters. Yep, but they were marching in, they were about to get ready to score, they were moving the ball. That was the other thing. And then the third one, it was oh my god, I'm drawing a blank on but it was it was another turnover that happened oh LJ fort yes yeah yes. so literally once again moving the ball literally the guy catches the ball he's running and just fumbles it and then from there LJ picks it up scores game completely changed but prior to that moment man the the Texans were moving the ball on the were. Ravens they were their issue was once they got in the red zone they couldn't score. Once they got in the red zone, because the field was condensed, they couldn't have cooks running those deep overs that we talked about. They had right. to rely more on the tight ends right. in terms of uh, Atkins and Phil, and they were they're good in the red zone, but they weren't doing enough because what the Ravens did to to stop that, they moved Marlon Humphrey on Darren Phills and Atkins. I think it's Jordan Atkins. They moved them. They moved Marlon Humphrey on one of those guys when they got into the red zone because they knew that that's what they wanted to feature in terms of the red zone offense. So that's kind of how they combated it, but. The Texans moved the ball. They couldn't run the ball well, but Deshaun (laughs) Watson was the reason why they could throw it and make things happen with that. He was Houdini. Their O-line, though, man, outside of Laramie Tunsil, they're still struggling right now. They're not getting any movement up front. And then when it's a pass play, they're not protecting. I mean, literally, Deshaun, some of his best throws are just him escaping to throw the ball away. Like, that's what was going on, you know, in that second game. But it, trust it, me. That-
1: Hayward and Tuitt should be able to take advantage yeah. of the interior of that Without offensive a doubt. line.
2: Without a doubt. It's just you see the final score and everybody, oh, man, they blew them out, yeah. man. We should blow them out. So I'm like, that final score, man, you have to think. they The, the Texans had three trips in the red zone they set up for field goals on. Three trips. And it was all either they could have took the lead or made it a one-score game in all three of those instances. So for me, I'm like, that doesn't just scream a terrible team. Right.
1: Particularly when you look at who they played in the first right. two games,
2: and then and then if we really get down to it, okay, the one touchdown, like I said, LJ had returning the fumble, but then their last touchdown with Ingram, I, I, should, <laughs> I just say it was a good run by Ingram. The defense, I don't know what they were trying to do right there, but it's no way that should ever happen. Yes, period. He yes. Had, Ingram had a touchdown run, and then J.K. Dobbins had a forty-four yarder, all in the same time, and I'm just like, yeah. You have to have an edge of a defense. <laughs> I don't know what they're. I don't, I don't. I'm not down in in Houston. I know the DC though. Like I said, uh, Anthony Weaver was with me in Buffalo. I know he knows what to do. I just don't know how it's being communicated to defenders right there because they literally would not set an edge to that defense the whole game, man.
1: Yeah, it's 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 been a mixed bag. Like I said, it's hard to evaluate almost every nfl team at this point but i think specifically the texans because a lot of that stuff you just mentioned uh they've played the chiefs and the ravens two of the top five teams in the nfl in their first two games and now they're kind of that proverbial wounded animal right mm-hmm. back into a corner they know they can't start zero and three they know if they start zero and three man they have essentially got one foot in the grave in terms of their playoff hopes maybe less so this year with the additional wild card team but I still got to think the percentage chance of climbing out of an 0-3 hole into a playoff spot is not very good. So certainly uh, certainly, plenty to keep an eye on, certainly plenty to discuss. And we got one hour in the books and another hour to do so. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, this is Steelers Blitz on SNR. In the second hour of the show, we will get to your tweets. We will also have a little Best of the West Wednesday. So keep those tweets rolling in at Wesley Euler at TheBody52. the body 52 The body. you are listening to Steelers Blitz on SNR.
0: Hewler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio.
1: Good afternoon, Steelers Nation. How we doing? I'm hungry. You know what? Me too. But that's good. (laughs) Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler with you here, hour number two inside the electric factory. It's Steelers Blitz on SNR. Yins already know the drill. Last hour of the show, so that means get those tweets in. We will answer them before we get out of here. But Arthur Motes, I wanted to uh make sure we got this in here. I don't know if you saw this, but I thought this was pretty cool, okay? You know I'm the I'm the nerdy stat history guy here, okay, right? A okay. lot of times. Last season. Uh, Trey, Terrell, and Tremaine Edmonds, right, became the first three brothers to match up to take the place yeah, in the same at the same time in the same NFL mm-hmm. game in the modern since 1930, I think yes. it was in the modern era. You know that's going to happen again. You this know, I, Sunday, I, I didn't
2: know that and involving the Pittsburgh Steelers
1: as well. How about that? I mean, I, I
2: had no clue. I, I didn't made hear about history this last all. year. About to make yeah. history this year. This is this is pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah,
1: I, I, I do think – I mean, obviously we all knew that that was going to happen whenever the schedule came out, but it yeah. is – it's pretty funny. It's pretty cool that, you know, in the last – it'd be what? In the last 90 years that yeah. there would only be twice that three brothers all played in the same NFL game, and both Absolutely. of those times happened a year apart at Heinz Field. That's pretty cool, certainly. Uh, listen, the uh, – I believe the game a it's, it's CBS, right? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's the CBS oh, Sunday. For the broadcast, for the, for the, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty yes. sure it's the CBS 1 o'clock game. Anybody in America who doesn't know that the Steelers and the Texans have brothers, oh on, my God. they will know by, the, by kickoff and halftime.
2: If, if you've turned your TV on within the past 48 hours, man, oh, man. You're, it's
1: going to be one of those storylines that they are going to make sure every person in America who watches a second of football yes, on Sunday indeed. knows about that one for sure. But certainly uh, just a cool little piece of history happening in pittsburgh uh speaking of history i know you touched on this a little bit earlier i wanted to get back to it just to do our housekeeping here especially as we start the second hour of the show tj watt another one uh, another afc defensive player of the week for the third time in his career four tackles two and a half sacks and two tackles for loss he was the afc defensive player of the week uh micah kaiser of the Rams, linebacker for the Rams, um, was the NFC Defensive Player of the Week. Motsi, do you know how many tackles he had against the Eagles
2: last week? Uh, I believe it was 16 or 16 something like that, right? 16 yeah. yeah. tackles! It was crazy.
1: <laughs> he also had a PBU and a forced fumble yeah. for good measure. Heck of a game. Yeah, he was crazy. <laughs> for Micah Kaiser. Uh, Harrison Butker winning, of course, Special Teams Player of the Week. In the AFC on offense, your boy mm, Josh mm. Allen, four <laughs> and four hundred game, leading four- the league in passing yards right now, man. Is he really? Yeah, he Ooh. has a I think it's what
2: seven fifty six right now in two games.
1: So I yeah. didn't tell you this. I'd be interested to get your thoughts on this since they're both your boys, two of my boys, two of my buddies from uh-oh, two of my old uh-oh. roommates from college. Yeah, uh, one's a Cowboys fan, one's a Buffalo Bills fan. They have a bet. They have a wager on who will throw for more passing yards this season. Dak or Josh Allen. That's pretty tight so far. Oh, yeah. That's like our – we still haven't decided what our Tom Brady wager was going to be.
2: Yeah, what was that bet again?
1: 4,300 yards. Oh, I have the under. You have the, you have the under. over. The over. Yeah, yep. yeah. Tom Brady throws. for. And yeah. He has to play in at least 15, 15 games. Correct. That was the caveat. But we yes. hadn't decided what the bet was going to be yet. But everybody's got their little yeah. bets.
2: Uh, Absolutely.
1: And Dak Prescott, speaking of which, in this conversation, he won NFC Player of the Week. Uh, Dak. Had 400 yards passing himself. Best quarterback in the NFC East, you said? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You said it. Yes yes, yes. 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 You said it. I was trying to think if there was a sly joke that
2: I could make <laughs> right, about like, oh, like Alex Smith, or,
1: but no, <laughs> uh. no, no. It definitely. Has definitely Alex dressed
2: dead. yet? Because I know he's on the active roster. Has he dressed? I don't think so. Okay.
1: I don't think so. It's been um. It's been Haskins and Kyle, Allen Kyle the Allen. backup. Man? Okay. Yep, yep. Um. Speak. Uh, one thing that I did uh, when I said Josh Allen here made me think that I want to get your thought on. Uh, have you seen like the Sam Darnold clip that's been going around on Twitter and been debated? The throw that he made in the fourth quarter against the Niners. I did not. No, no, no. Um, so Sam Darnold had a really nice touchdown pass in the fourth quarter. It was in garbage time, you know, when the Jets yeah. were getting killed. But he was rolling left, across his body, threw back for like a like a thirty forty yard touchdown pass. And the debate that's being had all over Twitter is, okay, is this a nice Sam Darnold moment? Or is it just garbage time? Who cares? It, does, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you you got to check that one ah, out. Let, you got to check that one out. Like, got a point. Let ah. me know what you think there. <laughs> because they do have a point. They definitely got a point. But baby. he's also throwing to like me and you out there. <laughs> <Why>?
2: Yeah, <laughs> you got a point
1: there too, baby. Oh, man. A couple week two, uh, top performers. And last one, Arthur Motz, last kind of housekeeping thing that I made sure we wanted to mention today, Uh, an absolute legend, a Hall of Fame running back, Gale Sayers, passed away this morning at the age of 77, just one of the most iconic, uh, electrifying, if you will, players in NFL history. He only played in the league for seven years, uh, but that was enough for him to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, Uh, one of the... I would say probably the first legendary Chicago Bear oh, before yeah. that organization took off, you know, into into obviously what they became uh with Walter Payton and that defense. Gail Sayers was a huge part of laying that groundwork. Sixty-five to seventy one, he was a Chicago Bear. And How my- old was he
2: again? Say that again. How old was
1: 77. he? Seventy seven. Seventy seven. Yep. Um seven NFL seasons. Uh He was so dominant in his first five years, again, that he uh, is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Youngest guy to ever be elected to the NFL Hall of Fame. Uh, 1960s all-decade team, NFL all-time anniversary team for the 50th, 75th, and uh, 100-year anniversary of the NFL, despite an injury-shortened career. The Kansas Comet. Was his mm. nickname. Uh, he tallied almost 5,000 rushing yards, 39 touchdowns on 991 carries. Arthur Motsey averaged just over 5 yards per carry. 5-time first-team All-Pro, 4-time Pro Bowler, NFL Rookie of the Year, NFL Comeback Player of the Year. Uh, the guy is a legend, and I know for a lot of the NFL fans our age, and I know we have some listeners that are even younger than us, Motsey, they might not be, uh, be hip to Gale Sayers, if you're if you're an NFL fan, if you're a football oh, yeah. guy, that's the guy you want to take know. some time today to do some research on Gail Sayers. He's just got an incredible story. Watch Brian's Song,
2: the movie. Get ready to cry
1: I like say, 57 yeah, yeah, times. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. If you haven't <laughs> seen it, uh, I, I don't like recommending him sad movies like that. That movie's sad, sad man. It is sad. I, 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 I that was the first movie that ever made me cry. Arthur Moats. Well, oh, all right.
1: That's the, uh, Nothing wrong with
2: that. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that at all, man. It all happens to the best of us, baby.
1: It does happen to the best of us. Uh, so rest in peace to a legend uh, and Gail Sayers and, and uh, condolences to his family as well. 77 years old. He passed away this morning. On the other side, Arthur Motes, we're going to do our best of the West rankings. Philly,
2: Philly, Philly.
1: Boo! <laughs> that, that's the virtual. That's the virtual fans you hear in the background. You gotta love it, baby! Boo. We'll get to our best of the West rankings on the other side. Our power rankings of the NFL's top ten teams. Where are the Steelers? Oh, they're moving on up. Where are the Buffalo Bills? They're moving on up. Where are the Philadelphia Eagles? Uh, no, no, they're they're down in the basement. Who are we Mm-mm. kidding? <laughs> Arthur boats Wesley Euler. We'll give you our NFL power rankings on the other side. You are listening to Steelers Blitz on SNR.
0: Wild, wild west. Wild, wild west. Wild, wild west. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Moats on your 24/7 home of the Black and Gold SNR. My name is Wesley Euler,
1: and this is my segment, Best of the West on a Wednesday. It's a real super concept, Arthur Motes. For those aren't familiar, those who aren't familiar, we just power rank the best teams in the NFL in our most humble of opinions, of course, on a week-to-week basis. Here is our power rankings ahead of Week Three, and you know how I roll. I always start at the top because normally, when people do these things, they mm-hmm. start at number ten and they count down to one, but. You know, Motes, We don't. Uh, we don't float the mainstream, if you will. You know, we march to the beat of our own drum. I like it. Trendsetter. Number, number one on my list for the third straight week. I know a lot of people are using a close game on the road against the Chargers to uh, to knock them down a couple pegs, but they're still undefeated. They're still the Super Bowl champions. And now I know that they not only have a quarterback who is a cheat code, they also have a kicker who is like straight out of Grand Theft Auto or The Sims as well. I mean, this guy's like Rosebud. This guy's like down X, left back bumper B. You love, love to me? see it. you to kidding me? Cheat code at quarterback. Cheat code at kicker. One of the best head coaches in the National Football League. The Chiefs still firmly number one on my list. Same with the team I've got number two. It's those Ratbirds, the Ravens, 2 and O. Oh. And uh scoring a lot of points, putting up yards, doing it against some decent teams here to start the season. I still have the Ravens at number two. Number three here, though, this is where it starts to get difficult for me. Three teams that I considered here for number three, number four, and number five. I went with the Packers, though. Number mm, three. Okay. okay. Arthur Moats with that bad man. Aaron Rodgers, of course, and Aaron Jones as well. Motsi, you know he scored 19 touchdowns last year? Yeah. And people still disrespecting this guy. You Who are you telling? Uh, he was on, my fan- he was on my here. fantasy team last Even year. Even when
2: they took Jordan Love, I was like, I'm not tripping. You don't have a need. You're good on offense. But people swear up and down. Aaron Rodgers has no help. Aaron Rodgers is mad. Y'all need to draft some more people. He need personnel. Get him a running back. Get him a receiver. The boy got the best. What more do you need? What more do you need?
1: 19. Touchdowns last season and rolling this season. Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers, mozi back-to-back 40-plus-point game performances for the Green Bay Packers. They're number three on my list. Number four, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pick your poison. I mean... Snell's run for 100 yards. Connor's run for 100 yards. Chase Claypool's got an 84-yard touchdown and two big plays. Juju Smith-Schuster's lighting it up. Deontay Johnson, well, we got to work on the ball security a little bit. He's been lighting it up as well, too. Eric Ebron's starting to get comfortable. And if you've been listening to the first 80 minutes of the show, that defense, uh, just a lot to love there. I have got the Pittsburgh Steelers number four on my list. Number five? Man, it had to be frustrating. Uh Uh-oh. For Bill Belichick and company Uh-oh. to finally not have the best quarterback in the world. And although Cam Newton played very well on Sunday night, the best quarterback in the world, and all due respect to the league MVP and to the Super Bowl MVP, but the best quarterback in the world currently plays in Seattle. And I've got the Seahawks Ooh, number five. I'm
2: telling Ben still when I see him.
1: Still a lot uh, I'm to snitching. be. That's still, I don't know about a lot, but still certainly something to be desired from that Seahawks defense. Um,. But they have also, I think, too. I mean, they've gone against Matt Ryan and they've gone against Cam Newton. It's not like they've played slouches. I think the Seahawks defense is going to get better. I think Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf and Chris Carson and that offense are going to continue to gel and put up points. I got Seattle at number five. At number six. I've got the Fighting Arthur Mozes. I mean the Buffalo Bills at number six, two and yes they did it against the Jets and Dolphins but they've looked good whoa, whoa, in the process. Whoa. Don't
2: don't don't Jets and Dolphins. Hey well, there you, are just, no you just praised and Patriots.
1: the I say, you just praised the Patriots a second ago, right? You mean the team that's won their division for
2: like 14 straight years now? What that got to do with this year? Oh, that it, doesn't even Is it to do best of year? the West right now? I thought it best it is of the right rest now. was right now. When you so, so don't, heads, don't you bring me up heads. history when we talk about right now. That's all I'm
1: saying.
2: 6-0. and 0, Yeah.
1: Josh <laughs> Allen with a much 6-0. and 0, Sorry, 6 overall on six my list. 2-0. and 0, uh, Josh Allen with uh, a very impressive performance. And they needed it because the Dolphins were scoring points too. The Bills, really nice roster. They get that performance from Josh Allen consistently. They are going to be able to play with and beat anybody in the National Football League. AFC Player of the Week. Oof. Office mm-hmm. play of the week. I like it. Number seven. Like it. Number seven. Uh, the last AFC team for me. And and quick side note, mozi. I've right now for me <sighs> now that I'm thinking about this out loud. I'm gonna make sure I'm gonna think about this for a second before yeah for me right now there's four teams sorry five teams I was right with that I was right yeah, the first five say yeah Chiefs Ravens Steelers uh the Buffalo Bills and the team that I have seventh the Tennessee Titans those to me those five teams in the AFC I think are a cut ahead of everybody else at least as it stands right now I think those five teams again Chiefs Ravens Steelers Bills Titans can play with and can beat anybody the Titans they are what they are they're, they're gritty they're ugly they're 2-0 and they have their way to muck it up and and just get you off your game and find ways to win and again i don't know it's hard for me to put a ton of stock into the titans but i look so, back so and you just don't like the raiders that's what you're telling me ever since the titans so you don't like the raiders that was no telling me? I, I like the team that ever since ryan Tannehill took the helm they're now what 10 and 3
2: since then man why you keep bringing up history we're talking about this year
1: uh, they won some of those games this year. <laughs> In January, well, albeit, but I, still 2020. i, I talking about this
2: season.
1: Yeah, two this and, season. and they are 2-0. season. They are 2-0. And I've got the Titans <sighs> at number seven. Number eight. I'm souring on this team, but again, it's still too early. Not enough to drop them much lower than this. I got the Saints at number eight. But man, I really like that roster. They
2: need to get Michael Thomas back healthy, but... But you know, in, in history, I mean, they've been to the NFC Championship game, and then it was in this game, and they've been led the league and this and that and all that. I mean, why why we get consistent here, baby? Which one we doing? Because they got nice history too. They got a lot of people. They won some games. I'm, sorry, I'm saying, baby, what we got going on here? They beat your Tampa Bay Buccaneers week one. Oh wait, playing
1: without Michael Thomas, they are a completely <laughs> different team. <laughs> And man, Drew Brees. You know how we talked about uh, week one, my observation of that Saints Bucks game was that Father Time just dropped in to say hello. Mm-hmm. Oh man, Drew Brees, I hope you've got well, I don't hope, but for Saints fans' sake, I hope you've got a couple more months left in that arm, because I don't know, partner. Number nine, I've got the Los Angeles Rams. Uh I two,
2: say what? <laughs> I not know where you was going with that. Let's go. I like it.
1: 2-0 and 0 are the Rams. An impressive performance. Uh, Jared Goff's looking good. That defense is looking rejuvenated. O- with who some... did they beat week two? The Eagles. Who did they play? Who did they actually? Week one was the Cowboys. Cowboys. Right. So there we go. They're the first place in the Jeez, NFC least. Wow. And then number 10 on my list, I do have those Dallas Cowboys. What a comeback. Um... <laughs> that was crazy I don't know if that was more on them or more on the Falcons just falling apart but like we've talked about Dak Prescott playing very well a very talented roster still kind of finding their form with a brand new head coach and a lot of moving parts I got the Cowboys at 10 uh then I go Patriots Bucks Cardinals as my honorable mention so real quick again Mozi, from the top Chiefs Ravens Packers Steelers Seattle that's my top five Bills at six Titans Saints Rams Cowboys also receiving votes or honorable mentions, whatever you want to call it. Patriots, Buccaneers, and the 2-0 Arizona Cardinals. Arthur Moats,
2: what say you? I know you got something oh, to say Lord. about the Raiders. So it's pretty simple, man. Number one, the Chiefs, they are who they are. They're elite across the board. We already talked about that. There is no surprise here. Yeah, they are who they are. So that's why they're still at. number one. The Ravens, man, they're still kicking. They're doing what they're doing, taking care of business. We've seen that two games in a row now, once against Cleveland. Obviously, uh, this past game against the Texans, they're sharp. Lamar Jackson is a problem. Yes. Period. He is a problem. Pretty good for a running back? Yeah, yeah, not so bad. Not so bad. <laughs> Number three, though. So I got the Green Bay Packers here, baby. It's funny when you said – because you had Green Bay as well at three, right? I did. We're, yeah, we're I, I was a little three so surprised far. right there because I, I thought that you were going to lean a different direction. But, dude, the Packers, man, you put up 40 points back-to-back weekends, and they're looking good. Healthy, man, they're firing on all cylinders. They look motivated. Yeah, so that's why I got them at number three. At number four, I know they took a ton of injuries this weekend. San Francisco 49ers, though, baby, because it's the thing. I understand all the injuries, but I'm not living in my fear. I believe in next man up and shoot. They still – I understand grain of salt. It was the Jets, but they still took care of business in very convincing fashion. They did. I'm more concerned about you finding ways to win. Teams are going to have injuries. The Saints had injuries last year. Drew Brees is going for five games. You think that stopped the train from rolling? (laughs) Exactly. So I don't care about injuries or who has them and this and that. We had injuries last year. We were still sitting up here, what, two games over five hundred, saying that it should be a playoff team. Steelers went 8-6 and last year without Ben Roethlisberger. So for me, man, that's just how I look at this thing, man. So with the Niners, I have them at 4, and they'll be at 4 until they prove otherwise. But as it stands right now, man, they're still good, man. They're still finding ways to win. And number 5. That's why we're bringing up the Pittsburgh, baby, man. Got the Steelers right here, man. Even though this uh, this week two game wasn't the best in, in terms of offense, defense, they found a way to win. They found a way to continue to go on the right track. 2-0, oh, they're looking good. Each week they're getting better. So for me, that's why I had them at number five. Now at number six, that's why I got the Buffalo Bills. Ooh, look at us. Now, I would have the Bills higher, but I'm still – and it's the thing, too, from a history standpoint, if you look at the past three years – uh, the teams I just named, the Bills are up there or if not better than those teams we just named in terms of being in the playoffs, in terms of more, what, nine and ten win season, things on like that nature. My thing right now is when I'm comparing the Bills to these other teams, I feel like as it stands today, if it were a head-to-head, everybody healthy, I think the Bills lose to those other teams just as it stands right now. Now, that could change as the season progresses and they grow more, but they just seem like the the youngest of all of those top six contenders, and we're talking about Pittsburgh, the Niners, Packers, Ravens, and Chiefs, all of them have had success at some point. You know what I mean? And we're talking major success at some point throughout these past five to ten years. Whereas with the Bills, they're still new to this thing. They're still getting used to you know, going into games as the favorite. Sure. They're still getting sure. used to having and that's, expectations. That's definitely
1: di- I mean, that's a difference, without
2: a doubt. So that's why I have them at six. At seven, I got the New Orleans Saints. Now, they would be. They they should be higher, but obviously you lose to the Raiders. I think I think the Raiders are a good team though. That's that's yeah. why I'm not holding that against them. It was more so how they them. looked
1: in the loss, yeah. than just losing.
2: But I think for me, man, looking at them in terms of how they lost initially, we weren't over here talking about the loss of Mike Adams. I mean, uh, uh, excuse me, the loss of um uh, of oh, I'm drawing a blank on his name right now.
1: My Michael God. Thomas. Yeah,
2: Michael Thomas. Yeah, yeah. At first, think about in the first half, we weren't over here talking about Michael Thomas and oh Drew Brees. Are they gonna be able to move the ball? No. They were looking good. They were moving the ball just fine. But the thing is, man, in the NFL is details. You have to detail and you have to do it for the whole game. When you have lapses, when you start to let up a little bit, when you don't execute the way you're accustomed to executing, you open yourself up for this. And then for the Raiders, they're hot right now. They are. I mean, b- between week one, that that crazy finish against uh, the Panthers, and then you come back on Monday night First against the Saints. First game ever in the new stadium. Absolutely. They're, they're finding ways to finish. Gruden has those guys playing highly motivated, and they're just a gritty bunch. But they have talent, though, so that's why I'm not holding that against the Saints. I think, man, for the Saints, if it, if it was a one-half game, if it was a two-quarter game, Man, we'd be singing the Saints praises right now. Talking about how how good the offense looked, how they were still moving the ball. Alvin Kamara, all these other pieces, man. Kamara they're fine.
1: filthy. Yeah.
2: He's so good. Man, man, let him in. Rushing in and receiving. He's so Insane. good. Insane. But that's what we'll be talking about. But because the game ended up how it ended, it's a different conversation yeah. today. But that's why I have them at 7 and 8. I got to go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, man. The Panthers, they're not there yet. But they are still a formidable opponent. It's not like when we're talking about the Jets. This team, man, I thought they handled business in a big way week two. Now, granted, I think uh, granted Brady did still have an interception, but he looked a lot better game two versus game one. Leonard Fournette emerged. He looked a lot better. Yes, he did. And, and for me, they're at eight right now, and that's just because I'm being tough on them. If they get going like how they looked in week two, which they realistically can because they're only going to get better. We know that. They're only going to continue to get more comfortable with each other. This is, one of the, this is going to be a top-tier team. We are, we've already talked about it for a reason, and that's why. Then at number nine, man, I got the Seattle Seahawks. I personally feel they should have lost the game, man. If Julian Edelman catches the ball, they lose the game. This whole crazy train about the Seahawks is totally different. When you're looking at, oh, well, you beat the Falcons in week one, and then you got beat by the Patriots in week two, we're not talking about them in the same vein. But because we got a chance to see – you know them execute it and get the win because, like I said, the Patriots didn't execute at the end with uh, Edelman. It's a different conversation. We're all world Russell Wilson. We're all man. The Seahawks are actually tough, man. They're this. They're that. They're that. Hundred thousand dollars lighter in Pete Carroll's pocket, but still, yeah. they they Quart nice A million though. dollars lighter you know I mean? in the owner's pocket. Cool. <laughs> so, so for me, that's why I have them at nine, man, because I understand they're a good team, but I still, I, it, it's coming off to me more so. Kinda like when the Cowboys beat the Falcons, right? It was a little bit of malpractice on the Falcons' part. You can throw in some luck on the Cowboys' part. It didn't feel as if, oh, if you're just looking at the score and saying, whoa, the Cowboys scored 40 points, man, they're nice. It's not that vibe. So when I'm looking at the Seahawks, even though they're scoring points, even though they're executing, I still feel like everything is still going in their favor right now. And that's for me. Well, and granted, I was before Bruce Irvin went down. So that's going to be a shout out to your WU guys. Yeah, I know that's going to take a little time. But ultimately, man, for me, that's why I'm still not completely ready to just throw them back up there, you know, up there with the top of the tops, because I'm just I'm, I'm looking at the, the, the people they played against. And I'm looking at how they've accomplished these victories. And it's just a, it's been very favorable. That's all I'm going to say. Now, at number 10. I contemplated, man. I literally had four teams <laughs> that I wanted to put here, four teams. But I went with the Raiders, man. I can't help Ooh. myself, man. They looked awesome, man. In the Death Star, beating new, uh, beating the uh, the New Orleans Saints, and we know what the Saints are trying to accomplish this year. We saw how they looked in Week One against Tampa, man. For the Raiders to win and to win convincingly like that, I thought they did a great job offensively and defensively, man. Gruden has those guys playing to win. You love to see it. He hasn't planned to win. He does. He's so got for me, them all man, on the
1: same page for sure.
2: So for me, that's why I have them at ten. And I can't help myself. I had to say, mm-hmm. honorable and, mentions. Yeah, I got five of them just receiving votes, man. And it's no, <laughs> no, imp- and it's no order in particular. But I have the Titans, the Rams, Cardinals, Chargers, and Cowboys. I think the Chargers, man. Yeah. Number one, they have a quarterback in Justin Herbert. Hey, he looks pretty good. <laughs> number two, their defense I thought was going to struggle a lot more without, without Derwin, Derwin James. James. They they've been handling their business mm-hmm. though, man. Finding ways to they stay just got close athletes. To They've got athletes all over the de- defense. Oh my gosh, they yeah, definitely
1: They can, can move. Absolutely. That's, that's why they gave Russ or Russell. That's why they gave Patrick Mahomes so much trouble
2: through the first yeah. three quarters of that game. Absolutely, man. So that's why you know I said that, that's why the charges up there. And then for the Cowboys. It wasn't pretty at all. But if I'm going to sit up here and talk about the Steelers winning and it wasn't pretty and they got the job done and we're praising them, I have to praise the Cowboys because, let's be real, the Falcons as a team I feel is a lot better than the the Broncos right now as a team, especially when you have Matt Ryan healthy compared to Jeff Driscoll. So – that was yeah. my whole thought process yeah. with that. I'm not gonna knock, I'm not gonna hold it against the stills because they got the job done. So at the same time, I got to keep it consistent. Which sometimes people on these microphones don't like to stay consistent. Mm. It drives me nuts. But that's neither here nor there. We're gonna keep it consistent, and that's why I got the Cowboys receiving votes as well.
1: Yeah. So you had your chance to speak your beef. Now my turn. I admire your loyalty to the 49ers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know your your wife's from the Bay. You know, wifey's from the Bay. You got I love mean, for that they, area. They went into
2: the Super Bowl last year. They went to the Super Bowl Literally last year. A, a play away from winning the Super Bowl, and they're they saying that are 2-0 play, right now. They
1: had a fourth quarter lead in the Super Bowl. Exactly. But fourth you know, quarter was as, six you, minutes as left. you pointed out to me correctly, right? Mm-hmm. History doesn't matter. Correct, because they're 2-0 right? right now. It's supposed to be best of the West. It's supposed uh-huh. to be a week-by-week. Week. It's supposed to be hyperbolic in yeah, a way. You know, you're supposed to react absolutely. to the week. Yeah. So let me ask you this honestly. Okay, let's do you it. You have the 49ers at four. Mm-hmm. Steelers five, Bills 6 mm-hmm. So if you're a man of your word, what you're telling yeah. me is if the Steelers or mm-hmm. the Bills
2: were playing the Niners this Sunday. You didn't hear when I said that, did you? I said the reason why I have the Bills at six is because if everyone's healthy and they're all playing right now, right. I have but those teams ahead But they're not the Niners, them. yet you but still got not, them at four. But they're not playing this week either. Right, but you have so them ahead it, of the so Steelers it, so it, so hypothet- Buffalo. Hypothetically, if they were going to play this week, then hypothetically they would all be healthy. And hypothetically, I got the Niners beating both of them teams right now. But if, they're if, not if hypoth-
1: healthy, and they're not gonna be. But they're
2: not playing this week either. So, right. but y- if you, you have can't. them ahead so, in your so rankings, if you're going what to you're saying is you like them better. They, they are better as it stands right now. They are better. They're two and zero. Oh, they were in the Super Bowl with a league with six okay, minutes left in the, the game. If the
1: Steelers and the Niners were playing this Sunday, if they
2: were playing this Sunday, who and we're hypothetically, this is my thing. If we're hypothetically them playing this Sunday, we're hypothetically them all being healthy. No, and we're not. It, why not? Because you have. No, so You can pick a hypothetical, and I can't pick a hypothetical.
1: But my hypothetical is because <laughs> you have them ranked ahead of the Steelers and yeah. the Bills, yours yeah. is because you don't want to address this. No, no, no. Because no, no. you know because the Steelers and the I Niners are playing right now, the Steelers would be favored. They would be because favored when they Niners win? injuries. Do you now, think they you would win? Right. Do you think they would win? Yes. Right now, if the Steelers and the Niners, oh, wow. without the Niners' quarterback, without their best pass rusher, without did the Did you just back, see this
2: Steelers' team against Jeff Driscoll and the Denver Broncos? That Niners' team, as it stands today with those injuries, will beat that Broncos team. It doesn't
1: have both of their running backs because Telvin Smith is hurt too. And they will still
2: win still win. You really think so? Against they, that Broncos team right now? Absolutely they would. Yes. Wait,
1: against the Broncos? No, the I said. Steelers. I said
2: if this Niners team that we just talked about right now as it stands right now, yeah. if they played that Broncos team, they played the I going. asked you though. No, no, you weren't listening. If you were talking, but steal But I you asked listening. the question here. You and, had and your I chance responded. To When I was responding me. to it, when I responded to it, you didn't listen. You heard one thing, wanted to spotlight a word and then tried to have an argument off of that.
1: Listen, you can shake it. You can hypothetical it any way you want. If the Niners lined up against the Steelers Uh or the Bills this
2: weekend, Uh they would be underdogs because of
1: the injuries. And this is Best of the West Week 3. This is not Week 2.
2: This is not Week 13. Whatever you want to say, all I'm saying is this. As it stands today, that Niners team, if they were on the road playing against this Steelers team this past Sunday, that Niners team with those injuries, I still think gets the win because I saw this Steelers team this Sunday against that Broncos team and hit I wait, agree Don't speak. With you on don't that. speak. You're I not agree listening. With you on that. And now, That's not what seeing I asked you. That, see, you want to listen It's cool. You don't want to listen. You want to talk, but you don't want to listen. It's cool, bro. <laughs>
1: But see, whenever no, no, when you cool, hold my cool. feet to the fire about the Titans, exactly. I explain myself. I don't invent other hypotheticals. I'm now, not either. I'm you're, your feet, cr-
2: you're trying to create this no. controlled environment. You did. And I responded to that. Ra- you
1: have the Niners ranked ahead of the Steelers and uh-huh. the Bills. So what yes. you're telling me is if they played
2: How right. How many times you going ask the same thing? I said yes every okay. single time. I think you're crazy It doesn't matter that. if you ask I it, you it tomorrow. I it don't matter it if it you ask if they were in the white jerseys, if they were in the Bomby jerseys. I already answered
1: it. I think there's a calculator online that you can figure out, like, what the hypothetical Las Vegas spread if you, would be? The, what did Coach Thomas say?
2: I don't deal in hypotheticals, baby. You can make your fairy tale of how you want to make yeah. it, baby. You know what? Make it a, how you, know you know want to make it. We don't deal in hypotheticals. One team is two and zero. One they, team played in Bowl a 2-0. year ago. But yeah. So one, one team doesn't have them. what six starters on IR. Have they lost yet? With those six starters, being no, on no, I have not. But they, neither they, have the
1: two teams that you have them in front
2: of. Okay, then. So Actually, what are lot of the teams
1: you have them, which is completely fine. Which is
2: completely fine.
1: I just don't buy that logic. I Well, and that's why because if, if we're talking perfect okay. scenarios. Like yes. when you said hypothetical, yes. if they're playing and the teams are healthy, yes, yes, the Niners are favored over the Steelers and the Bills. Okay, cool. But this is week three, best that's of the West, and fine. that's not they're the They're coming case. off of
2: how many points did they just score in week two with those injuries? It wasn't like they went into this game 100% healthy the whole time. So please explain that. They mm. still got the job done, right? I'll explain that to you and... Four letters. Okay, say J E T A Jets. Yes. yes. Okay. And then my response to that is this then. My response to that is this. The Giants and Jets, we both said they're about what, what in terms of personal, in terms of overall, what we expected out of them, right? Not very good. Okay. And we saw how the Steelers looked against that not very good Giants and that not very good Denver Broncos with the backup quarterback. All I'm saying is, I feel a lot more confident right now in what the Niners have been able to accomplish than what the Steelers mm. have been able to accomplish. Through two weeks, Through I would two agree weeks. with you on that. So that's so not happening them week, the not right now. we heading into week three. We'll see.
1: Ooh. Woo. Woo. Mozi thinks the beat up Niners beat the Steelers and the Buffalo Bills if they were to play tonight. Mean tweets at the body 52. Hey, man.
2: <laughs> you can uh, hate it if you want to hate it, baby. <laughs>
1: Uh, Antonio tweets getting heated today. Love, I don't even know if we're necessarily not nah, heated nah, we're just heat having it. a debate. It's
2: just your, your, your boy West over here trying we'll- trying to get this argument to the exact. Perfect no, point now, where he feels on. like, oh, I hold got on. it right here. And it's like, oh, no, you don't. It's cool, though. <laughs> I asked you a hypothetical question. Uh huh. And, 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 and you we ran talk- with your own hypothetical. Nah, nah, nah. If you going hypothetical, that's hypothetical. That's why Coach Tomlin doesn't deal with hypotheticals. Yeah, but Coach Tomlin's not just a radio, who, a radio just, host who has to oh, film hey, two hey, hours well, every well, day. Well, you know what, man? He's a coach. Hi- hypothetical, <laughs> if the Steelers are wearing the white now jerseys. Now you're not even talking apples and oranges. You're talking and bananas. Ben doesn't have these cleats on. Can they still win with this going on right here? That's what hypotheticals, that's what it gets you. Yep. We're going down the and yellow brick road, My hypothetical
1: baby. <laughs> is if the Steelers had lost Ben uh-huh. and James Conner and Benny Snell and T.J. Watt, because that's kind of what the Niners are going through right now. I would not have them fourth on my list. But, hey, that's why it's your list, Absolutely. and that's why it's my list. Absolutely. Uh, Bishop tweets here, excuse me, you said the Seahawks beat the Falcons. Please, did you see them watch the ball go 10 yards? They are stupid, and they suck. Bishop, I think you're thinking about the Cowboys. Yeah. It was the Cowboys who beat the Falcons. Watching. <laughs> the Seahawks beat the Falcons in week one. Right. So, Bishop, I think you're a little mixed up here. Because the Seahawks did not have the onside kick against the Falcons. <laughs> that was the Cowboys. That
2: was the Cowboys watching that malpractice take place. <laughs>
1: but I agree that the Falcons, I mean, they are stupid, and they do stink. Yeah. I'm with, I'm with you on that one. absolutely. <laughs> because speaking of history, I think the only reason that they're keeping Dan Quinn on is because they what bro. they finished six and two last year. He's but like, bad, bro.
2: what is bad. How is he as not as a meant- whole? <laughs> as a whole, you you've seen too many times now with Dan Quinn where he's had leads late in games. And this is, is, not, a this is I, not a new thing. Practice is not a new thing. I don't thing. understand how this is continuing to happen like this, man.
1: Unreal to me. Unreal. I I don't know how. He's I, I I don't get it. Hey, I'm not an NFL owner. Right. I know there's a lot more that goes into these things, but I feel like he's had a a long leash for a while. And ever since it, Kyle but, but Shanahan why left, why they though, have not why? been the same. That's my thing. What what has he because done? Because he took him to a Super Bowl, but did he? I mean, obviously he, he was the head coach. He was I the know head coach, but it, but
2: come on, now. they haven't been the same exactly. since, since the Boy Wonder exactly. left. <laughs> yeah. Like, what are we talking about? When was that Super Bowl? That was what three years now. Well, or might no because the Super Bowl after
1: that was.
2: Philly, it was
1: Philly and uh, correct. And was Patriots. was was Philly beating the yeah. Patriots, and then it was the Patriots beating the Rams. Yeah, and then last year was Chiefs. Oh so, yeah, of, four
2: years ago. So it was four years ago. Come on, man. What are we talking about? You're here, living. Baby? You're living off come that on, legacy man. too much. For, yeah. If you would have won the game, that's one thing. Yeah. You lost the game in, in an ugly fashion with Especially, the lead yeah, like if that. You would have won a game like right. a back and forth. Like, hey, come on, man. Oh,
1: uh, uh, I thought, I, I thought this was the week. I really thought this was the week that Dan Quinn got the axe. But hey. He has that job security that we all strive this, for. This is my question, ones? man. Who,
2: who gets can first, Adam Gase or Dan Quinn? Both of them have this, this phantom job security that I don't understand why they warranted it. That is the question. Well, seriously, that with, with Adam Gase, what has he done to warrant that type of job security in New York? Yeah, I mean, he took the Dolphins to the playoffs once. <laughs> Again, what was that
1: five right. years ago? Yeah, how long ago was Four that? Five years ago? Five years no, that ago?
2: No, that would have been in 16. That's 16, right? Yeah, that was 16 season when we went to the SC <laughs> Championship game. Like, what are we talking about here? And that was with a whole different organization. <laughs> like, I don't like in New I just, York
1: too. Like yeah. I, I don't know how that where,
2: where do they get this job security from, man? You can't tell me you don't have other options out here. If we over here and we and, and we do this every year, we have the oh, around week 10 or 11, the fire coach Tomlin train rolling around. If they can have that train rolling around every year, there's no way you shouldn't be having a whole parade day of the week, month dedicated to firing both of those guys, man. It, it's crazy to me.
1: You know what they say, though. That's why the standard is the standard. <laughs> the lit one, Rebecca lit, says. Lit, lit. Hypothetically, ing is now a word with the crying face. Right. <laughs> that's why we don't we don't we don't operate in hypotheticals, man. <laughs> but we do hypothetically. See, that's the great difference between Moats and I, is that you know, as a, uh, as a, as a, uh, I don't know what, as a somebody <laughs> who. As a as a trained as a trained uh, radio guy, I always want to deal in hypotheticals. Hey. As a former athlete, most never wants to deal in hypotheticals. I feel like
2: you know? it's a waste of time, man, because it's but not we, real and we I can know, but add, all we got is time. We got but you airspace, baby. So <laughs> many, it's so many variables you can factor in into hypotheticals. Like when we started this conversation, the hypothetical I said was if they're all healthy.
1: I'm with, today. You. I'm with you on but that. But
2: then you see how we can go to a whole nother hypothetical where it's different, and then we can go to another hypothetical after that, but and you... another, and another, and another. Bro, how many hypotheticals okay. are we going through? Who, who you know what wins? I
1: mean? let's, let's say neutral field. Uh-huh. They play tonight or they play this Sunday. Steelers and Bills?
2: Come on, bro. All these hypotheticals. The reason I told you, that's why I have the Steelers ahead of the Bills, because I feel like the veteran— The the veteran experience here in Pittsburgh, more importantly when it comes to the quarterbacks, Hmm. I'm more confident in Ben than I am Josh Allen. I'm more confident in the Bills' team, though, as a whole, and how they're playing. Offensively and defensively, they've been clean these first two games. Now, granted, it's going to get tougher for them as this thing progresses, but through the first two weeks, they've looked way cleaner and and, and have looked more impressive in both of their games and in both fashions in which, one, they're ahead the whole time, one, where they have to come from behind— Obviously dealing with injuries as well than adversity and still being able to win. Whereas with the Pittsburgh Steelers, they haven't we, – we, we talked about it. They haven't looked amazing these first no, two games. they have not. In fact, there's been times where if we weren't, you know, who we are in terms of being Pittsburgh media people, we could have even been critical of them at times. But for me, when it comes to the quarterback play, I'm just banking on Ben. Ben is Ben. That's yeah. why he is who he is. We've seen him do it numerous times, and we've seen him do it in situations where things haven't went well for him. We haven't seen Josh Allen when things haven't gone well for him do that. So that's why for me, not uh, that's why for me the Steelers are ahead of the Bills, regardless of if, if they were playing today, tomorrow, anytime. I mean, this they are year. playing this season, but yeah, not till what? Late. Is it yeah. like
1: fourteen, week right. fourteen, fifteen. But
2: something for me, like I'm that. like if everyone was healthy and they were playing in the game this weekend, I would pick the Steelers in that game. That's how I operate with it, baby.
1: Kayla chimes in here representing the ladies that are there Electric Factory there listeners. She says, "She says, no disrespect, Mozi, but our Steelers would beat the Niners
2: this weekend. Homer away.
0: Yeah, there we go, Kayla. All good. Yeah.
2: I, I, I would hope they would too for us. Because <laughs> the same way we was over here, and if they would have lost to these Broncos this weekend, we would have been over here like, oh, my God, what's going on? Whew. all right hey
1: they all did right. it. one of the teams got away with it i guess you know i didn't hold your feet we got to get past this niners thing we're having fun here but i mean they did lose to the cardinals week one arthur motes wesley are <laughs> a good team we talked about they, that they, yeah honorable mentions absolutely kyler murray i looks tell you good. what
2: we said he looks good
1: you could yeah. still uh, you could still get kyler murray like a thousand to one to win nfl yeah. mvp it might be worth a ten dollar holler it, it, at it this point. Hurt. It can't hurt. Trust and me, it, it can't hurt, worth man. That might be worth a five buck chuck at this point. It definitely can't hurt. We'll get to the rest of the tweets here on the other side as we wrap up the show. You know the drill. Get them in now or hold your peace for the next 22 hours. At Wesley Uller, at the body, fifty The body. It's Steelers blitz on SNR.
0: This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR.
1: Wrapping up the show as we always do with your tweets. Let's get right into it here. Uh, David, all excited about us using the word minutia in the first hour. <laughs> Manutia
0: minutia, minutia! Program.
1: Um, this is a good one here. Uh, TC says, uh, <laughs> I want to know how long before TJ—he's uh, talking about TJ. What, obviously, mm-hmm. forces the NFL to create a new stat? How about sacks forced? I feel like he forces the QB out of the pocket and right into one of our defenders so many times. I like that, TC.
0: Yeah, I'm sacks forced.
1: That sounds like a uh, you know if. If the NFL, and I know that this has started to happen, and it's happened in every sport, right? The the analytics thing. Right, that right. that feels like a uh, like a next-gen analytical stat there. Um, Oklahoma Zone, let's get back to this. Wanted to know about uh our, your thoughts, our thoughts on the Tyrod Taylor situation. <laughs>
2: oh, man. Tyrod just made himself a lot of he money. He just man. made himself a lot of money. If, yeah. if, if he plays his cards right. He should make more money off of this than he did playing his career. He's made a lot of money in his career. That's
1: that's crazy. I mean, you're right because he could argue right like a a lot of different stuff here.
2: Everything, man. He lost his starting job because right after the game, Anthony Lynn did say that Tyrod was supposed to be the starter Mm -hmm. and was going to potentially be the starter this upcoming week. Mm -hmm. Man, I'm taking the dive. It hurts. (laughs) I can't breathe. Yeah, everything.
1: Yeah, It, it, it. I'm sure the pain and all that that he had to go through was uh, was not
2: fun. But I think, yeah, he is. And like I said, he's from the crib. I, I would Ooh. love for him to make it back, but the situation it is. I mean, we know what it is now. Yeah. If yeah. we never saw Herbert come out there and look like that, different conversation mm-hmm. today. It's true. We know what that looks like it's now. It's true.
1: Yeah, you can't go back. <laughs> Me, says here, Westman and Dr. Motes, it's a Wednesday, in my mind, the perfect day to talk about donuts. What is your favorite donut of choice? Uh, Me goes with Toasted Coconut Donut from Dunkin' Donuts.
2: A toasted coconut? I don't think I've ever had mm. that. But I'm not the biggest coconut guy, though. Me either. I'm a, I'm a class. I love glazed donuts. Just a straight-up glazed mm-hmm. donut. For me, man, I, I, literally, it's a tie. I've done this throughout my whole – even when I was playing, we'd have our Victory Donut. Shout-out to Wifey. Yeah, it, it, even when I was a kid, man, for my birthday, it was like I wanted these type of donuts. It had to be glazed and – chocolate glazed Ooh. so you have like your regular glaze with the chocolate sure. icing over sure. top it, you have your traditional glaze and then if we're feeling frog we throw sprinkles on it <laughs> but i have to have both like i i will if if i'm in control of the situation i'm never just buying one glaze or one chocolate glaze i have to have both they they go together like peanut butter and jelly mm-hmm. like yin and yang mm-hmm. like yule remotes like yule remotes like Steelers and nation Woo. you know what i mean like it, it, it says what it is yeah so so that's why i they, feel that yeah. i do
1: Brian tweets here, is it legal to still call Ben Big Ben? I mean, look at this man. He's in the best shape he's been in in quite some time. You know, Brian, some nicknames just stick to I mean, yeah. Sidney Crosby's what, 33, 34 he years Sid old now, and we
2: still call him Sidney. still kid. the kid. Yeah, the kid man. <laughs> and I was going to say, man, Ben, listen, skin, skinny Ben or not? He's still then, big. That's a big man. Yeah. 100%. He's a big man.
1: 100%. Alexis says, did I plan on doing all my cleaning and laundry around Wesley Euler and the Body being on SNR today? Yes, yes, I did. Hey, now. A full two hours of Steelers talking entertainment is what I needed to get through this mountain of clothes. Well, thank you, Alexis. We're uh, we're glad that we can help you get through some of those daily chores that Absolutely. we all dread so much. Um. Oklahoma Zone says Motz was raised by Mike Tomlin. West is on the Bob Labriola train in terms of this conversation.
2: <laughs> One operates in hypotheticals. The other does not operate in hypotheticals.
1: Where TC says, though, Motzi, the 49ers' injuries are not hypothetical.
2: You said you don't deal in hypotheticals. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but the hypothetical
2: I'm would be if they were playing this weekend. So even with us not dealing in hypotheticals, it's still going to round back around to some type of hypothetical, baby.
1: Hypothetically, hypothetically, I just I want everybody to know that we're working on most with the hypotheticals. Go, that's the biggest thing I, to take I, out of this.
2: I'm not gonna lie, I can't stand hypothetical. You oh, know, yeah. we we talk about all the time. I, I can't love stand hypotheticals, hypotheticals because
1: man. one question <laughs> can turn into a 15
2: minute segment. Yeah, absolutely, I love it. And you're sitting here arguing about something that's not even gonna happen. I love like. It. What are we doing, man? <laughs> we arguing about them playing this week. There is no way they're playing this week. Not a chance. <laughs> Even if they cancel games, they're still not playing this week, man. It's
1: not happening. Crash <laughs> says you guys need a later show as well where you just wrestle with the Bates, call it Steelers Brawl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, and then Jamie points out, as we both incorrectly said, and I, I did correct there at yeah. the end of the segment, the Niners are 1-1, one and one one, and one. not 2-0. Not yes. Um, you know what? That felt good because I feel like when you and I get into the debates where we disagree, and again, it doesn't happen very often where we disagree, everyone's always on Mozi's side. Other than the tweets here, I feel like they're on my side today. Yeah. Hey, man. Good, good, good for Stealing Nation, man. Good for the power grid. Woo! (laughs) <laughs> that'll do it for the show today uh, Arthur Moats off tomorrow so we will have our buddy uh, part of the family yes, Christopher indeed. Carter will be sitting in with us tomorrow uh, and then Motes will of course be back on Friday to put on that professor yeah. cap talk a little five star Friday get that paper be my hype man for the here we go song. gotta do that man <laughs> all that good stuff so uh, we'll be back at noon tomorrow with Chris Carter Motes we'll be back on Friday gotta show the
2: smile off man you know what I'm saying do all my that camera stuff still a little
1: stiller tease TV for yeah. you tomorrow? Just give them a little, give them a little what they want. That's what I'm talking about. I like it. I like it. And uh, I, uh, tonight, if you want more Steelers talk, uh, you'll want some more Euler. Uh, ESPN Pittsburgh tonight, 7-9. to 9, uh, It's the countdown to kickoff show. Tim Woo! Benz, Adam Crowley, and myself. You know, a couple old Big East guys. Hey, I, I like mean, it. you I know, like two it. mountaineers that cut their teeth in the Big East. Shout the out Syracuse to the right there. The man. Syracuse guy and Benzie. Yeah. So we do every Wednesday countdown to kickoff show uh, on ESPN Pittsburgh. So catch us there from 7-9 to 9 tonight. We'll talk to you tomorrow, though. As always, high noon, and you know where to find us on your 24-7 home of the black and gold Steelers Nation Radio.